Hey everybody, welcome to We've Got to Beat, the podcast devoted to 80s entertainment. Sorry, teen entertainment. Fuck, every time, every single time. I have never You're once just... got... I've never got... You are such a disappointment. I am, I'm sure. <laughs> Alright, let's scratch that, let's try again. You want to start that over? <clears throat> Alright, sir. Three, two, one. Hey everybody, welcome to We've Got the Beat, the podcast devoted to teen entertainment of the 80s and beyond. I'm your host, Michael, and my co-host, Mindy's on the other side. I am the beyond. <laughs> Speaking of the beyond, what? I am Madame Leota. I am from- What is that? I don't- from Hanukkah. Oh, I've never seen it. You've never seen it? No, I know you've told me it's good. I've... Okay, it's pretty, it's like one of my favorite rides at at is fun, even though most people... And then they just, uh, the Muppets, uh, their first... But there's a new one with the Muppets. I heard it's really good. It was... It was really enjoyable. We watched it. I it love the Muppets of, so much. It really, it really like does tie in a lot of stuff from the ride. Uh-huh. So if you're not if you're not familiar with the ride, it may not be quite as fun. But really, it felt I don't know more more like like the Muppet movie that I have you know enjoyed like the last couple. But it felt like the good ones, you know. Like well, I still think that the best is the first and yeah. All right, so anyway. we're talking about Halloween, so we might as well bring it up. What we're going to talk about in this episode it is the 20th anniversary, at least in America. I didn't realize that we were in Canada. It is the 20th anniversary of the American release of Ginger. So we're going to discuss the trilogy for Halloween, and it was fun to revisit this. I kind of forgot how great these were. In fact, I like three Ag- more than I did before. Agreed. Uh, I mean, I definitely saw the first two. Um, I think that we watched the, definitely saw the first one, like, before most people. Because I understand that it, it obviously wasn't, really didn't make any money or anything like that. But has a, definitely a cult following to, enough to have two additional movies made. But I had never even, never seen, so it was good to revisit. And so I watched, I watched one each night. So. Okay. Uh, to you know, I think that was definitely an educational, different experience to really do them back to back to back. I can't remember how I stumbled across this. I feel like it had been out for a little bit, but I think I was reading like Fangoria or something at the time that had brought up how good it was. I mean, it gave it like a really high review, and I was like, oh. And I remember hearing something else. I think like on uh, what was that website with the big big red guy? It was really ain't it cool news? I think they had talked about they had seen it at a festival and said it was good. So I, just, I think that we had a tendency to just also if it was like a horror movie or whatever we would just like, watch it. Like, yeah. Just well, we were watch pretty, everything at the video store. Yeah, we were pretty crazy about horror after screen, and yeah. uh, I can't like I can't imagine us doing thing now. Like we were pretty hungry. I didn't see all of them with you, but we tried to see as many horror movies as we could that were like kind of teen oriented. Because I remember. So well, that's after- my speed of horror movie. I can't watch anything much more. I would say that like these movies are about as comfortable as I am. I mean, that's about as far as I want to with my horror, right. you know. And ours were more pop entertainment. They're edited like yes. action movies, and they had snappy dialogue. So it was like the Scream, and I know you did the Summer, uh, Urban Legend. I know we saw the we saw Halloween H two O, Disturbing Behavior. I saw the Faculty with somebody else, but that you know all of those movies were kind of like in yeah. our wheelhouse. And Ginger Snaps is kind of coming to the end of that teen run, but it's also way different. It is yes. not like that scream pattern, you know, clone. Even the posters looked alike, you know, where they would put them all. And this one is just so different. It's obviously very Canadian, but it's also 
you know how some movies they're shot in Canada and they always feel like low rent America like there's something like oh this clearly is um yeah. they don't they just and ne they never try to be anything like they're not trying to be like buddy else right or, or like another movie at all it has its own voice pace which is wildly different because what I, we're used to for a while there was the setup and payoff of you know, you get to know somebody and then 10 minutes later they're killed. There's like a kill like every minute. It had to have a pattern. This is more of a slow burn. It's a character. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's unique in several ways. Uh, uh, one of the main ways is that it's, you know, a horror movie with a lot of heart and a lot of character development. And that's what really, to me, makes it so good is that you really get invested in girls. And man, I forgot how emotional. Uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, it's two sisters. They're kind of into a darker, morose way of life. Uh, so they're not really part of the popular kid. Uh, Ginger is the one that's a little more, I guess, outgoing. She's kind of the leader of the two. And she happens to be, I guess, categorized as attractive. Um, so she is, yeah, she's attractive in a more typical sense. Thus, if she wasn't so weird, the guys would want to get with her. So, you know. And then Bridget is uh, the more withdrawn one, but smarter one, more keen aware of. She'll go more. She's the more suspicious. She's more suspicious. Uh, she's slower to trust. Uh, was very guarded, but. For obvious reasons, to me, she is really the star. Of oh, movies. absolutely! I was—I was literally about to say that is because, uh, especially based on the trilogy, the way that yeah. it's broken down, she really is a star. I mean, she's even listed on Wikipedia as a star. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, yes, it's called Ginger Snaps because it's about her sister who gets attacked by a werewolf, and it's a—it's an unusual wolf. At the time, I thought that was—it was a little hokey because at this point, we're now into CGI town. But reflecting back now, I—I I would prefer this. Kind you know, a special effect. You know, a, a slight. I think they even use a little stop mode street, but mm -hmm. it's a person in a costume. It holds up better visually. Well, I think that it lends the confusion more too about what's really happening because, like a lot of good stories, they are very uncertain and are suspicious about what and about what is happening and they don't want to believe <laughs> that this is what could, is the truth and i think that the care you know the the monster uh you know is it is it a dog is it what is it I right think that helps helps well and it looks uh, different too it's not like yeah. the classic full-on hairy beast it's a little more skin yes. and it, it almost looks like a giant fucking rat yeah it's uh I think so. I don't know if we really just we want to break down. Right. I mean, you uh, know, we don't have do, to go down it. So I just want to say that uh, I still think the first one's the best. I think next, and I think the second. One, I actually boring, uh, and it doesn't. After the one, really kind of a letdown. It's not that she isn't good actor. She is really actually both of you know horror. What's the name of this gal who Bridget? I don't remember. Her Emily name. Perkins. Emily Perkins. So she really started off weird with a bang by being like the young. What's her name? The young Beverly. The it movies. Uh -huh. That's where I was first to her. Um, that means she's also a lot old playing and. Um, uh, but you know, she's Lee Dell just one of the you know, our favorite roles I think is, you know, she's a man. Yes. Uh you know, she really she really can do a lot. But damn, she's so believable at scared. So like I don't know, the good actors. But I think the second one is a letdown for multiple one is that well, obviously, they tease that, that Catherine Isabel is in the... I mean, she's psyching. Right, yeah. The same that she's fine. in it. It's just a... It's fine, but it's part of what makes and the third movie so good is their dynamic. Their their relationship is really what is the driving. And even to definitely way 
it's really lacking that she has this bond. And I guess they're trying to place that bond with the other girl, Ghost, um, who is, I mean, I didn't, I did not remember that this girl, this girl ends up being, she's going to be She-Hulk in like not very long. What, what, what? Wait, so she, this she was the gal from uh, Orphan Black, which is like she really got known at from uh, Tatiana something or else. She's she's getting she's quite she's really making her mark on like in America now. Like, okay. Or Orphan Black, you've never seen that? No, I know of you it, but I've never seen okay. it. Okay, yeah, so she's the star of that, and she kind of really uh, American, you know. Uh, but that's her big thing that now is Disney Plus series, which I am sure will bring in Bruce in some way. Right. Anyway, just I had no idea that that was her. Uh, well, that's insane think... because you know the guy who created the Ginger Snaps trilogy yes. is the guy who created yes. Orphan Black. Okay. Yes. I don't. I didn't know that into fact. So clearly, he was. I mean, she's very good in this movie, uh, but I think uh, you know they're trying to, in a way, replace Ginger. The ghost is lonely, longing. Clearly, ghost is ghost is a girl. Here we are with them having an unlikely bond. Um, I hate, hate, hate the whole thing with Lily Guy. I hate the so disgusting preying on all these. I think. For me, it really it ruins. There uh, is there I, is an aspect in the movie that bugs me, and I think the second one is the best of these. So we're on different fields here, but uh, um, the thing that bothers me about the second one though is when he gets killed based on her lie. The yeah. director makes a mistake, and you're supposed to feel like, oh, it's a huge mistake, and you're supposed to have sympathy because he died. No, he's still a fucking monster. He deserved what yeah. he got. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't feel any sympathy for him. What makes me mad that. You know, she's supposed to be so suspicious, so not trusted, so, you know, on edge all the time. And she blindly trusts girl, even though he gives her after hint, after hint, she is fucked up. And that, I mean, she gave so many hints that what, that she is the reason why Barbara was the way she was. She was responsible for Barbara's accident, and she said so many things to me that she should have been a trigger to a suspicious person on the planet, and she just, she got tricked by a, a, a nasty little girl. And, and that just makes me so mad after, that's how she goes down? That's- I'm sorry, like- <laughs> No, but I still, here, the, the reason- point. The reason why I like the second one is, and I usually don't go for nihilistic dark, but there's something that it just keeps digging in deeper and deeper. There's stuff that kind of annoys me about the first movie that they ditch. And I truly believe Emily Perkins is an acting powerhouse, and I can't believe she's yes. done so little work. But I think her performance in the second one is phenomenal, and the fact that it all rides on her. And I don't know, I just really thought it was a really uh, well-made movie, even better than the first one. I think that um, Brett Sullivan has a better eye, like cinematography, and how to shoot things. Um, John Fawcett. Say it? Yeah. Did I say that? Fawcett? I, think, I right. think that makes sense. I think quality of the filmmaking is definitely there. Like, I think it just kind of bothers me that the way they chose to represent her her journey is for her to act like a tweaker. Like, I don't know. I just felt like it lacks depth to her, her suffering. Do you know what I mean? I, I mean, they kind of, they kind of, I mean, in the, they, they make it super interesting in how it's like kind of a feminist statement about, you know, about how 
her her being a werewolf is akin to being a teenage girl like that's literally it like what a girl can be like on her period is like i mean it's tongue-in-cheek but you know i still get what they're trying to do there but i just and this time it's Instead of, you know, the, the challenges of being a young woman, it's a drug addict. I don't know. I just think about, like, the, I feel like the second one has this mind that it wants to say. More than mm-hmm. just being a metaphor or tongue-in-cheek. It's this dark, hellish journey that she has to go down. And for some yeah. reason, the ending doesn't bother me. And I don't know why, because after all that, I guess we knew. We always going to die. But what I wanted her to do is get revenge on a little girl right before she goes but as far as we know Bridget is still in a basement somewhere (laughs) being used as a weapon she's still in that basement and she's probably going to get revenge on that little girl but we don't get to know that and that makes yeah I thought that was a cop out is part three I think that's what made me mad is part three never answers that it just leaves it hanging like oh it's true horror I hate that when you're like oh but it's really horror (sighs) look you're it's a it's a it's a triptych there's three chapters of Bridget's life and going back in time to the origin I guess mm-hmm. is not the answer I was looking for. It doesn't no. complete the trilogy. No, it doesn't. Instead, it starts it again. Yeah, it, that confused the hell out of me. But um, can we first one, how do you feel about Mimi Rogers? I mean, I thought I I enjoyed her playing something that seemed very, very different uh, than what she had done. Yeah. I don't, I Does mean, it I'm, start, I'm, didn't I it start the comedy for her? I feel like this is what kind of got people to notice her. And then she started doing you know, the second Dumb yeah, and Dumber I and the did, Loop. I and... dare say I haven't seen like, I don't know tons of the works Amy Rogers, but it didn't really feel like she had done something like that before. It seemed like she was sort of clueless that she, However, she was super, you know, accepting of their weird hobbies and just was, this was just part of who they were and whatever. And then, like, she really caught me off guard uh, and brought me joy with her, like, reaction toward the end. And you're like, what? (laughs) I will say this. I think Jesse Moss um, is fucking terrible in this. I think he's so handsome at the top, and oddly enough, he almost does the same exact role <laughs> 10 years later in Tucker versus, or Tucker and Dan. Um, he's the, the boy who's the, the werewolf with the car? Uh, no, 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 that's, that's our main hero. Uh, no, Jesse Moss, right? Or do I have the wrong kid? No, Chris, Chris Lemchi is the, the good-looking one who helps her. Um, Jesse Moss is the one who gets bitten and changed into a werewolf. Oh, okay. Sometimes, I, I mean, I definitely recognize some of the faces, but I don't always, I'm like, oh, he's a staple of, you know, sci-fi horror. He must be Canadian, you know? Well, um, yeah, almost all genre entertainments to be shot. But I don't Canada know now. all their names. It's just like the guy from um, the third one who I was like, oh, wow, I've seen him in bunches of stuff, but I can't remember what. And it turned out everything. because he was on, like, <laughs> well, yes, everything. But his, you know, the thing he was on the most was like seven fifteen. Oh, okay. I mostly know him from Jason versus Freddy, which also Catherine Isabel's in. Yeah. Well, she's in, she's in everything, yeah. kind of. A lot of stuff. Um, is this the first movie to ever show you a werewolf tale? I've, oh, I, yes. I think so. They never deal with it, even in the transformation. Sometimes you see it, like, you know, when they're fully transformed, like in the Howling user tales. But I yeah. never see it during the transformation. And this is like, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, there's a tail. What are you going to do about a tail? You can't sit on a tail when you're a human in class. Yeah, you know, it's so, uh, the, the, way, the choices they made to depict... 
you know, the, the, the changes was really interesting and different than most things. And it's like, dang, how these girls were so brutal to themselves in all these, these like, it's okay, I'm just going to carve off my ear. Yeah. And no big. So oh, God. It, it, yeah. the, the ending is, all the movies are kind of brutal in their ending, except yeah. for the third one, more, is a little softer. But... Um, I think it's funny is that it's also like a slow process. Like the way it is with zombie movies or vampire movies. But usually in werewolf movies, it's, what full moon, you're done, boom, boom. Yeah, I yeah, assume immediately. In, in my head with vampire or werewolf movies, I would think like the whole first month until the first full moon is slowly yeah, going. like your period. Okay. That, right. I mean, I, I think that that's the, I mean, I think that's the approach and the, and the, correlation that they're there to make in the movie like i said it's you know uh correlating it's comparing you know progression is like a teenage girl once she gets her yeah. and like the pain in a woman is, is akin to the pain of becoming a werewolf which is you know a very interesting uh, choice now two and three were shot back to back and while they're wildly different locations um they share a lot of the same cast and crew and it's kind of funny like you said i don't I don't remember that he's like in it. Uh, I'll see it if I see it here. Uh, Brendan Fletcher. Um, no. He's two different characters. Like, is, is if we're supposed to ignore this? The well, I guess it is. It's an alternate world, or it really is supposed to be the beginning of that werewolf. I don't. But why are their names the same? Oh yeah, that is weird. They don't even change their names. If they're supposed to be like ancestors or something, yeah. like I can buy it because they've done that a million times. But their names are even. The now, same. what if this so is supposed to be a fairy tale? Like, are they? Ta I literally before I saw this, we thought maybe it's time travel. Yeah, <laughs> the no. third one just it, it doesn't make any sense. in, like I said, the way the trilogy should have been laid out, but it's still very interesting. I think it's it's the most exciting. The, the action sequences, the special effects. I think are phenomenal. I think there's one hell of a showdown. I don't know the kid's name, but he's an American. Oh, American Outlaws. Um, he's a Native American like kid. I feel like this movie is the horror. The if they made Deadwood a horror horror show instead. Yeah. <laughs> a Western horror. Nathaniel Arcand. I think he is great, and I was heartbroken. I have to look it up. So I want to complain about one more thing in the second movie. It's not because. It's it's purely a like plot choice that makes me mad. I guess there's a lot of plot choices in this movie that made me mad. Okay. Just just gotta bounce back to number two real quick. Okay. How long has it been since you watched the second one? I just watched it. I watched them all three. Okay. Voodoo. Okay. Listen. So this kid, Brendan Fletcher's character, whatever, who is in it for five damn minutes and then dies, which it made me super happy because he anyway. Um, he works at he, he works at the library. He immediately talks to this complete stranger and is incredibly unprofessional about how he talks to her and is like practically hitting on her by saying she's stalking him. It's the grossest thing I've ever seen and is so unprofessional. And then and then he uses her personal information to find out where she lives and then shows up at her apartment or hotel or whatever to give her books i'm sorry that is so stalkery and unprofessional and uh -huh. i'm saying this because i'm a librarian and that really makes me angry <laughs> all of those things would never happen if they did you'd get fired oh yeah that's it's gr so gross anyway but that starts the whole i mean that's like kicks off the whole thing all the action so anyway i just had to say that let's go back to the one sorry. Right, the, so per the, third the, pers 
The I, person I'm talking about that is in everything, his name is J.R. Bourne. Okay, yeah, I was just looking him up too. Um, yeah, he's got those glowing eyes, and he's usually like a villain's role, and he's a villain, of course, in this one. Um, I don't know. I feel like it, it did a pretty good job with the core characters in this one. It sets up its mythology like instantly. Like you don't go out beyond the fort because it's it's overwhelming. You know, werewolves, mm-hmm. and and I think it's creepier in a lot of its aspects. Um, it's kind of like a siege assault movie, like a way of zombie movie can be um i know i i I really enjoyed it this time but i remember being so miffed the first time like this is just a waste of time none of this matters and 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 this time i really got into it i mean i guess i can see how you're how you say none of it really matters but um because it doesn't give you the answer right but i mean it also it doesn't it feel you know a lot of prequels it like well we know how though so the stakes like the way i like i didn't care for black widow because i was like well we know what those stakes aren't there um, I kind of felt that with this too, but it does change things up a little bit. I really like uh, whoever their least, um, mm-hmm. the head of the fort. I really like his role and the fact that he was ch- uh, protecting boy and it does backfire on them. Um, and I like the villainous. I, I think it has a little bit on, on its mind about religion and the way that the, the reverend is just like so obsessed with all oh, these women they're going to attempt to uh, stay on the right path. And at first you think it's because he doesn't want to sexually assault them, but it turns yeah, out he's just a- not really right in the head. <laughs> yeah definitely very interesting overall just like what isolation do to you and secrets and um you know the fear because they're running out of supplies and i don't know there's a lot of elements to create that tin and you know bringing in strangers let alone strangers that are women yeah yeah and and um I, the, the Bridget and uh, Ginger, they, they, they change their characters a little bit, especially Ginger. She's not as forward, I guess. She's not someone they're both terrified and they're both out of their... I do think it's interesting. I feel like Bridget changes a lot from movie to movie. Yeah. Uh, each movie, she I mean, she is a version of herself, but obviously, you know, the first one, she's very guarded and introverted and just you know, like a shadow of a person right well she's um, she's ginger yeah i think so don't you think yeah i mean i feel like that she's always hiding by being protected yeah. by and then you know but then she has to protect ginger and then you know things start to change and then in the the second one she doesn't have any i mean she i guess is she's trying to protect everyone from herself right. yeah and she's very I don't know. She, I almost get not the like sexual energy, but almost a little bit of like faith, faith from Buffy the Vampire Slayer energy. <laughs> Just like the intensity, but not, you know, do, does that make sense? And then the third one, I mean, she's different than the other two. She's not quite hiding behind her either. It's more mutual right, side by side or something. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, I, what I, the only thing I wanted them to do was switch it and make Bridget the first one that was bitten. Just so you can flip the dynamic of the first movie. Yeah, but they kind of repeated true. it. I was like, eh, all right. It did It did feel a little bit repetitive, at least in the beginning or earlier uh, on. You're right. That you're like, oh, this is just the same thing happening and over again. Yeah. But then other stuff. You know, they were, so. I think they were trying to do this. Canada uh, was pushing this in Cube uh, at the still, same time. I think it's still on the docket. It's from the person who i don't know if you've ever seen this show but uh the person who i think is the creator of killing eve uh 
is doing it. I think it's still on the way. And considering how popular um, and well-received Killing Eve is, I think that it's much more likely to actually happen. Yeah, well, also, every streaming network is kind of starving for unknown property. The the guy who did the special effects design is the director of Cube. My favorite is Vincenzo Natale. And I guess, you know, with that tight-knit little group of Canadian filmmakers, Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of all support each other. If you don't know who Vincenzo Natale is, he did Cube. His big one was probably Split. Not Split, Splice with uh, Adrian Brody. Oh, but yeah. he uh, directed the absolute... Uh, and I just did it. I just did it. I fucking did it. Miami again. What's the Cornfield movie? It's on Netflix. The Stephen King. Arr, never mind. Look up Vincenzo the Natale. One with, the one with, with Thomas Jane? No, no, no. That's a different one. That one's really good, too. It's it's the one with the guy, Patrick Wilson. Uh, whatever. I really enjoyed it. I can't believe I have a flake like this. But he was uh, given the opportunity to reboot the Tremors series. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, Sci-Fi said, nope, we're going to continue with these shitty director videos. In the yeah. tall grass? Thank you. I had to look it up. I haven't Thank seen you. it. Thank you. I don't know why. Um, but he was because he, he there's was so not, much in your head. The, he wasn't a special effects guy. He was a storyboard. I heard he's, a, he's one of these really got, uh, good guys that can't get his crazy ideas get to the screen. Um, but he mostly does TV. But he did a movie called Nothing, which is almost impossible to find. But it's about these two guys whose lives are hell, and they decide to wish themselves away, and they end up in a void. And even hmm. with everything that they ever need in this house, they still end up hating each other. <laughs> it goes so chaotic. Oh. Um, Interesting. I mean, you know, I don't think that we should say like, oh, he's, you know, just doing television. I think that that the the quality of television productions and the ability to, you know, to be more creative uh is a valuable thing i mean he's doing his rap uh in directing in television is pretty great like he did you know orphan black hannibal wayward pines luke cage the strain american gods lost in space westworld i mean lock and key and the stand like he's doing a lot of really cool you're right yeah it has changed. I keep forgetting that it's changed last decade tv has changed a lot it's not where people go when their careers die anymore that was like the 70s and 80s it's not really the way it is now it i think it's it gives it, it's an opportunity to have more freedom and be more creative because the stakes yeah I wonder Mark if I wonder if John Fawcett and Vincenzo Natale are almost the same age, and they both came into the industry at the same time. They worked on the same projects over and over, like the same TV shows. I wonder mm-hmm. if they are like I want to look this up if they because it looks like they kind of bounce off each. other. Maybe they're like creative pals. Yeah, it's know. so funny though because you think about Canadian filmmaking in the '80s and early '90s, and a lot of it was like, is it Cronenberg? Then it's probably going to be garbage because you really didn't have the money. Always trying to rip off other directors that were successful in America and mm-hmm. uh, I really think the mid 90s really changed all that and with the ride like I said the movies in Cube were really like you know lightning bolts in the sky of like what's going on in Canada who are these people let's look at this talent you know I, I really mm-hmm. think it's changed now. yeah I think so and I you know yeah uh, what's the name of the other person you were talking about 
Well, John Fawcett directed this, and Vincenzo oh. Natale directed Cube, and those Got two it. guys okay. kind of like sent a, a signal out there's something interesting going on. I don't know if you've ever seen Ponty, but it's another Canada with, um, I think, all talent. And mm-hmm. it's not just those guys, though, because like Catherine Isabel is an icon of horror. I don't think Emily yes. Perkins as much, but Catherine Isabel is in so much that we know. I think the first time I saw her was Disturbing Behavior as a little sister, and that's just been a, like, she just keeps popping up. Yeah. Yeah. All right. yeah. Um. Yeah. She is. I think that's true. She is like a, a horror icon. You know. She's done so. I mean, that she just hasn't diverted from the genre very much. Uh. And she's done so many things. You know. I think Emily Perkins has a little bit more variety. But maybe she also is a little bit more quirky or gets pigeonholed a little bit more because she is unconventional looking. Right. Do you think that... And I know they did makeup tricks. I've seen her. We've both seen her without, you know, outside of the ginger. Oh, Do you yeah. think that they added, they added something to her nose? Am I imagining that? Or is it just um, makeup? I don't know. I don't know if she actually, if it was um, an aesthetic thing or if it's real. I have no idea. I mean, maybe, I mean, I look at this picture of her. It's like she doesn't i mean she looks completely normal in real life yeah. so i don't know if they just accentuated it with makeup probably yeah they do you know, a really good job she a really a lot with makeup yeah she really transformed though i mean hers is before i guess Catherine isabel's i think she does a job but i really... all right so stop drooling over her performance uh um i'm talking to me um okay so let's uh let's wrap it up uh anything else you want to say before we go um no but well yes i want to say one thing is that there is, you know, there's that movie Cinderella story with like, what's her name? I don't know. The bl- Haley Duff. Okay. I didn't know. Or they made a sequel called Another Cinderella Story, starring Selena Gomez and Catherine Isabel and Emily Perkins play her evil stepsister. Okay, <laughs> okay, I'm interested. So now I kind of want to watch I'll, I'll it because I want to see them like play sisters, but in a different genre. <laughs> you know, it's funny as I was thinking about this before we go. Is most of the yeah. horror genre when the female is the protagonist, it's almost a slasher. Well, it seems like a lot of the monster mm-hmm. movies the protagonist is a boy. And it's very interesting. I think this is one of the first that I can think of. The monster and the protagonist, you know, they're both female. Like the fly, you know, Gina Davis is, I guess, technically a protagonist. She fights off against a male. Uh, The Howling, um, that might be one where, where, have you ever seen The Howling? I don't. D. Wallace Stone. No, she really is. I forgot she was in Cujo as well. Um, But I just think it's interesting is that the two, the protagonist and the antagonist are kind of intertwined. And they're both female. I think it's it's a really mm-hmm. interesting change because you see more of that now in, in the genre. Yeah, I think that, you know, maybe this is really the first that really kind of takes a step in a different direction. And that's what caught interest, you know. Yeah. And the boy and that is... that built over time. And the main male character in the first movie, I don't know if you want to say he's a romantic interest. Mm. They kind of bounce around that line. But at the same time, he's not the primary character either. He's like, you know, third or fourth tiered. It's it's a fourth build, I mean. So I think it's really interesting how they change the rules of that. I, I, I almost want to say this is kind of a game in the genre. I feel, I mean, I think that really is why, like I said, it gained interest and built following it out. It yeah. Was uh, Shot Factory has the Blu-ray. The second and third one I do not believe are on Blu-ray. In fact, they're kind of lost full properties, but I, uh, they are free. Um, you can see there's some commercials, but they're free. So don't complain. Um, all right, that's it. Uh, check us out on Facebook under Hit Rewind Podcast, and have a good night. Don't you want to say goodbye? You're so rude. Bye. 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 Gosh, I'm, I am so rude. I'm so sorry. <clears throat>